You're with Julian on the brown note. Is China to blame for coronavirus? I will be answering that question with a definitive yes or no at the end of this piece. And that's called a leader. I've got lots written down here so I can work my way through that loaded question bit by bit and answer each facet that could apply to it. <clears throat> so uh, we know that corona arrived in um, the Hubei province, if I'm saying that wrong, I don't know, um, in China, in central China in December last year, where Wuhan is the capital. A couple of background notes here. Some people might think that this is some remote region of China. Hubei province has 58 million people in it, and its GDP is half a trillion US dollars. To put that into perspective, uh, Australia has 25 million people in it and about $1.3 million GDP. So it's about over a third of Australia's entire GDP and more than twice the population. Wuhan itself has 11 million people in it and a $250 billion turnover. Now, this is SARS-CoV-12, which is a follow-on from SARS-CoV-1 which arrived um, around the earlier part of the 2000s, also from China. And it's amazing how I didn't know until a couple of days ago that COVID-19 was not. So SARS-CoV-12 is the virus that causes COVID-19. And COVID-19, I thought, was the 19th variant of COVID. I hope that other people did. Not that it was covid that arrived in 2019. Apparently, that was when it was discovered. Around the 20th of December, they had 60 cases of what appeared to be pneumonia in the Hubei province. And on the 24th of December, a Chinese company, Vision Medicals, were sent some samples by doctors who thought it was pneumonia. And then they investigated and found out that it was probably this variant of, of COVID. Coronavirus is a very common set of viruses that existed since we discovered viruses. Um, on the 31st of January, the World Health, Health Organization said it was doubling daily. Um, there were about 19 countries and about 8,000 cases at that point. Now, the first scaremongering that came out, obviously there's this titanic battle at the moment between China and America, and Australia is whipping boy for America, who have, we've trashed our reputation with China and our trade agreements, and that's still ongoing. Now, you have to take everything that happens here with a pinch of salt. And the first things that came out were from the rabid right wing of America. Trump was very, very pro making as much noise about China as possible. It's part of his paradigm to, isn't it nice that we're not hearing about him or the American government anymore? Um, that's the way that he works, is to rattle his sabre as loudly as possible, like he did with North Korea, and then turn around and say they're best friends. Now, one of the biggest scaremongering things is chemical or biological weapons. We have seen it used in the past as justifications for many things. The downfall and execution of Saddam Hussein was based on the use of chemical or biological weapons, and that happened in about 20 years before when he was on our side still for another 10 years and we sold him in Europe and in America we sold him pretty much all of the biological nerve agents that he used and he was still our friend from 1983 till 2003 apart from a mere blip in the middle of the first Gulf War 
So it's a very good scaremongering tactic, and I saw it used most recently against Assad in Syria, where at first Obama tried to claim that Assad had used chemical weapons, and then that happened a couple of other times. And what happens, um, they make the case that Assad used chemical weapons, but never follow up, never provide any evidence, and then a year later just refer back to that as actually happening. None of those chemical weapons accusations against Assad were ever proven. In fact, one of them was investigated by one journalist who never got his article published anywhere outside of Germany, despite being the American Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist who broke the Mylay massacre. And he found out that the Assad Air Force had probably bombed a facility owned by ISIS ISIS had the chemical weapons. Now, it is completely unlikely that China were developing a chemical or biological weapon. The overriding point here to make is that they are rarely used, but also that if you are going to use chemical or biological weapons, you'd use chemical. Biological weapons are not very good. They don't work very well because you cannot tell where they're going to end up. They spread all over the world. And if you were going to invent a biological weapon, a death rate of 2% is not exactly what you're going for. They're going to use chemical weapons. And there's no reason for China to develop a biological weapon. Um, it just doesn't work. It just spreads really badly. And you don't know where it's going. Um, but the main point about this is that China... Some people try to paint China as being... Um, in some economic clandestine war with the West, that they would destroy the Western economy with coronavirus. I did a piece about Christmas time. China and America are in a dance of death economically. They are both super reliant on each other's economies thriving. Half a billion, half a trillion dollars of China's export-heavy economy goes to their number one trade partner, America. America, with uh, less and less value on people's wages, is super reliant on cheap Chinese goods. China has a massive export component to its economy because it can produce goods cheaper. It's got massive wholesale factories. Every iPhone is built in China. They don't benefit from Western economies failing. They hurt really, really badly from it. So rubbing the whole chemical and biological weapon thing out. Now, there were labs in Wuhan, two of them that do um, conduct experiments on viruses. And that's what came up. Were they accidentally released from these laboratories? Uh, now, the idea that China was developing this coronavirus or whatever makes it sound like they're up to no good. This is what virologists do. They develop viruses in laboratories. The guy that discovered coronavirus definitively in the 1960s, a Scottish guy, managed to create it in a laboratory and transfer it through human tissue. That's what virologists do. Scientists work creating pathogens in laboratories to stop us getting sick, to develop antibodies, to develop vaccines, to develop serums. This is the normal behavior of any viral laboratory. Now, the idea here is that it escaped by accident. Now, all we have to do here is look at likelihood, probability, and history. It is extremely likely that, unlikely that this virus escaped by accident. This isn't something you can definitively prove until you have the source proven. 
and we still really don't definitively have the source of SARS-CoV-1, which was about 15 or so years ago. So you can't completely rule it out, but if you look at how many leaks of pandemics there have been, zero from laboratories. There have ne there's never been a leak from a laboratory that res resulted in a pandemic. The worst I could find was Marburg in Germany, the Marburg virus in 1967, and the biggest outbreak of that was 200 deaths. And that is still out there in the wild because we have never in human history ever, ever cured a virus. Not one single virus has ever been cured. All we have are vaccines and limiters, but they, they just live. Um, so it is, I would say, enough for you to be able to cut that one off. There are signifiers in the genetic genome of a, of a virus that, that signify humans have intervened to develop it. COVID-19 doesn't have any. That doesn't mean that humans didn't intervene. It just means that we didn't put those specific signifiers that would give it away. In. We could have put natural ones and you wouldn't know. But I would say that it is enough to say that there wasn't a leak from a laboratory because that hasn't happened before. And we also still don't have evidence it did. Um, is America funding those laboratories? This is something that came out. Trump went screaming that Obama had funded these laboratories like they were developing this terrible illness is america funding these um laboratories not universities yes uh the national institute of health um, gave between three and seven million dollars over multi-year periods to this wuhan laboratory sorry to uh, eco health um and about six who are in, uh, investigating um, infectious diseases, and about $600,000 of that went to this particular laboratory in Wuhan. This is entirely normal funding. America, the National Health Institute, funds laboratories all over the world for research into disease prevention and control. It's completely normal. This isn't private sector money. This is coming through the government. Look at the figures. They, in all medical funding from the National Health Institute, $32 billion a year. About $6 billion a year goes to overseas entities investigating infectious diseases. So 600000 for a Wuhan laboratory is not a lot. And part of their money is honourable, even more honourable, because it goes to ensuring that non-first world laboratories are gradually coming up to speed with regards to safety protocols and and hygiene and so on so that money is entirely honorable there's nothing wrong with that at all and i'm happy to say that it didn't come from a laboratory because we don't have a precedent where that's likely and we don't have any evidence that it did and as we will see viruses happen to humans in virtually the same way every time is China uniquely prone to releasing viruses? In a way, it is, but not completely. Uh, Central China has probably a problem with regards to first world countries with hygiene, population density, and also exotic animals. They, the rural areas often come into contact with exotic animals, particularly bats like horseshoe bats. These horseshoe bats and bats in general are amazing reservoirs of viruses because they don't get sick from them. So the viruses can then live and promulgate inside them. And then they make the leap to another animal and onto a human or directly from the bat to a human. So it is an area that is prone 
to problems with hygiene when you're looking at rural areas. But the caveat to that, I would say, is is China uniquely like that? No. I would say that you could apply the thoughts on hygiene and uh, humans mingling with animals in unhygienic situations and exotic animals. You can apply to Central America, South America, Africa, and much of Southeast Asia. So they are not uniquely prone. But are they prone to releasing viruses? A lot have come from there. But there are, I had a look at the more recent ones, and the most deadly I could find was swine flu in 2008. The World Health Organization only has about 20,000 deaths. It's estimated the death toll from swine flu could be about 280,000 deaths. This has been defined as coming from a small rural central region in Mexico, not China. And that was to do with human interaction with animals again, but not from China. The Middle East respiratory illness, uh, that came from bats via camels. Again, the bat transferred it to a camel and onto people. Very low death toll, but it came from Saudi Arabia. Bird flu came from Hong Kong. Again, a very low death toll. And SARS-1 came from bats to other animals and onto people. Only about 800,000 deaths on that one. So China's had its fair share but it isn't uniquely unhygienic. Uh, most of the second or third world countries would rival it in those rural regions, and other viruses have broken out in other places. So I would say no. I would say it would be at the top probably of the leaderboard after this event, but um, it's not uniquely unhygienic or, un or solely disposed to releasing viruses. The largest viruses we have have come from often other places. Smallpox, we estimate, came from Egypt and has been around for about 3,000 years uh, and was from animal to animal and then on to people. Now, if you look at the current outbreak, COVID-19 is a remarkably big event as far as the economy goes. As far as deaths go, even in the 20th century, it is a fractional thing. Nothing like Spanish flu, but the big boy here smallpox now smallpox killed in the last major hundred years of its existence 500 million people when the earth population was only just over a billion people for much of that time in the 20, uh, 20th century alone it killed 300 million people big difference with covid which kills about one percent of the people that get it and that's including all the people we and that's not including all the people we don't know have it uh, the death rate from smallpox is around 30% of people that get it. There were as many as 15 million cases in 1967. Guess what country came up with the inoculation method for viral prevention and did so with smallpox in the 1500s? China. And Britain copied them from, from that. Um, where in all likelihood did the virus start? Looking at every other virus that we know where it came from, it is an, like there are more virus, species of virus on Earth than all species of animals, birds, fish, and insects combined. They have been around as long as cellular, cellular life forms going back multiple hundreds of years. We only found out about them in the late 1800s because they. this is what people don't really grasp about viruses. They're microscopic. They exist inside a cell. 
they're not as big as bacteria so we didn't see them but we don't even know they might be an integral part of human evolution they will exist in a host and at some point they evolve and they move on to a new host so every other comparable virus we have has come from an animal that where the virus has made the leap genetically to humans no one is at fault for this usually from bats to other animals and then on to people um, this is likely to have occurred in a rural situation there are lots of rural situations in china where farmers will be in contact with bats or bat droppings um, because they have a lot of these bats and bats are reservoirs for viruses so that to me is the most likely scenario this has made a leap and it might have made the leap from bats to animals to humans a long time ago but as human beings push ever further out into regions the people that have got it might have lived in very small communities and never traveled so it may not have ever spread before it's in the modern era it has did it come from a wet market with someone eating bat soup? Now, markets are a unique petri dish for viruses because of a number of factors. Um, they are places where people travel from multiple locations and mingle, and then go back to multiple locations. This isn't public transport where you'll get on and not really touch stuff. People touch everything at markets, food markets. Wet markets are just food markets, and there are tens of thousands of them in China. Um, we tried to put the spin on it that it was because Chinese people eat bats. It is equally likely that a farmer who had come into contact with bats in a, an exotic rural location then travelled to a market and spread it human to human. That would be a more likely scenario than it coming from food. Uh, but markets are uh, a likely stepping off point for the virus as it's a, a place where people congregate with animals and where people are touching everything and where people are then going off to different locations where they can take it with them so i would certainly not rule out that it was transferred from a bat to another animal and onto a human or from a bat to a human either at the market or from somebody that then traveled to a market it would seem the most likely path um, you can't blame anyone for a virus learning how to adapt and move on to humans because they've done that for thousands of years and it is a genetic process we have no involvement in um, I, there's one element of china's response to the virus i didn't quite buy and that was the drop off in the number of cases which just went to zero that didn't fit the curves of other countries so i didn't quite believe that now the question here comes to fault are you at fault i don't think you can blame anyone for a virus transferring itself to humans and i think the hygiene things in rural china are repeated globally as we've heard in the latin american countries in africa and in much of southeast asia so this isn't a unique proposition to china we've learned that other viruses have emerged from other countries as well it's just really bad luck that this happens to have been the big one it could have been SARS-1 where 800 people died and no one really cared but this has just been a massive one um, I think you can blame a country solely for this reason their response was their response terrible and did that lead to 
other people getting sick and are they culpable? Now, you can say China is responsible for being ground zero for moving it onto other countries, but then there's also other countries moving it onto other countries after that. So there's a chain of culpability here. Um, I think China's response has been pretty decent. I think they've been much more open than they have been in the past. They're allowing a lot more foreign scientists in. And other than perhaps missteps at the very start, at the very start, this was a few thousand cases, not 20 million cases. No one knew what was going to happen then. And they may well have um, undervalued what was coming, but it's fair, given that this was an unprecedented event for a modern virus, that other countries wouldn't have realised what they were doing either. So I think you have to give a bit of leeway there. The crackdown that China had after the virus became serious was extreme. You can't really fault them for what they did there. Countries that I would fault will probably be the ones that denied the science, used it as a political football, acted far too late, causing a mass transmission. And the two countries that come to mind there are Brazil and America, where the initial response was incredibly bad. Um, again, you could argue that no one quite knew what was coming and that they may have had the numbers that they've got anyway. But I don't think you should blame it on the numbers a country's got. The only way you can really blame anyone for coronavirus is to say that the response of the government in that country led to things being much worse. Now, I don't think the response in China led to it being worse for Chinese people. I think that given their population density, it could have been an incredible outbreak in China alone. So, I, And given the fact that they are now quite open with foreign scientists, I don't think you can blame China the same way that you could probably blame America and, and Brazil, amongst others, who have had very hard right-wing leaders that denied the existence of the virus, said it was like the common cold, promoted uh, very dangerous theories on how to get rid of it with malaria tablets and so on. And basically ran a disinformation came based on their political point. So I think you can blame those people. But I said at the start, given all of the above that I've just said, can you blame China for coronavirus? No. This is Minus 